Welcome. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, my name is Robert Sheldon. I'm a seminary for Archdiocese of San Antonio. And today I'm joined by some of my brothers at the seminary, all studying for Archdiocese of San Antonio. we got Diego here, Joseph, and Dalton. And we're super excited to be here with you. And today we're going to be talking about formation and what is formation. Uh, I think, you know, I know I was in that position when I entered seminary and I got accepted. And then I start hearing this word a lot about formation, right, or, or how seminary works and you know, it is kind of a question. It's like, okay, you're in seminary. Now what? Is it just like a normal school? Is it like going to college and then graduate studies? Is it like boot camp? Is it, you know, well, what is it? And so I think, you know, we you know, we thought we'd gather a couple guys here today and explain to you, you know, so that way if any of you who are discerning or interested, you know, you are you get ahead of the game because uh, it is a little daunting. It is a little, uh, you know, uh, a learning process, and it's yeah. a, it, there's a lot of moving parts. It's not just one organization that trains us. It's not just one uh, organization or or school that you know we learn from. We learn from a lot of different um, organizations and groups. And uh, so, I think the the most basic thing I think we start off talking about is just um, what is formation, right? So, I don't know if any of y'all want to want to explain what formation means, uh, or how you've had to explain uh, best, or uh, yeah, just everything you said. That's it. Okay. <laughs> no, I think, uh, man, well, there's, a, there's definitely a lot of uh, things. I think I'll start with um, just what I thought formation was first. Um, so I'll be honest, when I first did like a, like, a, like a, a dinner, it was like a dinner called St. Andrew's Dinner for guys that are interested. Um, and I went in my head thinking it was going to be a trap. So it was going to be like, I'd go, they signed me up and like, that'd be it. But it was nothing like that. Like, thanks be to God. Like, there was great uh, priests there, great deacons, like, just kind of like, they're talking to you, getting to know you. And I was like, oh, what a relief, right? Um, and so I was like, okay, but then like, um, how, do, how do these guys get that way, right? How do they get to this point that I look at them, like, oh my gosh, they're such holy people. Um, and I think the, I to try and generalize it and to get kind of a phrase would be that, um, like all, all the seminarians that come in, like we're not perfect people. Um, and I think that's very important to understand. Like even now we're not perfect people. Even when we leave formation, we're not perfect people. Um, but the idea is that like we come into formation so that like um, not to end up being perfect people, but to strive for it, right? Uh, we hear uh, Jesus say to be perfect as my father in heaven is perfect. And so that's, that's what comes to mind for me is that um, like all these people come in broken and we still leave broken, but hopefully we're a little less broken, right? We're a little bit healed. Um, and so formation is just getting us ready so that we can go out and serve God's people uh, in the capacity of priesthood, God willing. Um, and so uh, it, it obviously takes a little bit of a molding, formation, you might say, um, forming us into the men that we're being called to be um, becoming. Um, yeah, I had to, you know, I, had, I thought that through, don't worry. Um, yeah, so becoming, becoming uh, who God is asking us to be. That's, that's for me what formation is. Yeah, awesome. I think it. I think you have a really apt, uh, you know, description of that. You know, we, we all come in as we are, and the church works with what we got, yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't know if you have, you know, that experience too. Because I mean, you came from music, right? Very regimented. Oh um, yeah. You know how you were instructed, right? So yeah. How, yeah. Do, how do we compare? You know, how does seminary compare to the rigors of? It's honestly very similar because uh, when I was in college studying music, you had like a very set schedule of like practicing. Every day you would try to get, try to get in like a certain amount of hours in practicing, um, and also going to classes, studying. Um, and here it's like very much the same. You have a very set schedule of prayer times. Uh, you have your classes that you go to each day. So for me, it was it wasn't 
like very different like it was different in like the like, like the content yeah the content of what we were doing but like the the rigor and the uh, the scheduling was like very similar for me nice yeah I played clarinet once and I, I didn't do very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it is it is seminary is very much um, you know like they both said it's 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 building up and it's kind of building up on the virtues right. That's a lot of what um, you'll hear like a lot of priests say and formators say that formators are the priests who, who teach us in the seminary. Um, you know they talk about building up your virtues and trying to kind of minimize your vices. It really is about working on the human character, but there's more to um, you know, being a seminarian, then just working on your, you know, you, you, right. we're, all, we're people, we're always going to be broken. Yeah. So there's other aspects of becoming a priest than just working on yourself. And that's right. why actually the church has uh, what's called the four pillars of formation, right. right? And this is actually the cornerstone or really the foundation of what seminarians are supposed to be learning and what they're supposed to be doing. And those four are human formation, which is like we've kind of uh, hinted on here. It's, you know, working on yourself, working on virtues. Virtues, yeah. It's like, you know, getting up in the morning, being regimented, uh, you know, working on your language or, or whatever it may be, working on yourself, working on your health, even. Then you have what's called the intellectual. And that's kind of the one I think most people think about when they think of formation. That's your academics. That's studying philosophy and theology and all your other things. And uh, then you have um, what's called pastoral, which is working on doing ministries. We get assigned ministries, right? Yeah. I'm sure y'all had some experience so far. Being assigned different ministries, you know, that's, that can be youth, that can be, um, you know, working in a church, serving as an altar server, um, and that's a real critical one, right? And then there's uh, the last one, which is spiritual, right, which really kind of underlies the other three, which is working on your own spiritual growth, um, how to become closer to Christ, how to become closer to God, and, and from all these really comes all of our formation, right? And uh, so I know it's, it's sometimes hard to, because they all interconnect, Right, I don't know if yeah. y'all found that that yeah. you know in, the intellectual really builds upon your other ones. You know, human builds on another one. Have y'all have y'all found that to be the case? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very cool. And so uh, now we've kind of explained a little bit about what formation is, right? Maybe we should go into what's the process, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think the the best way to go about that would be to talk about the discernment house. Yeah. Because um, if if we were to work our way kind of <clears throat> bottom up. Um, then, like, the process would be, like, uh, if you were interested in coming into the seminary, um, especially here in San Antonio, uh, you would enter into what's called the discernment house. Um, and then, so I'll let a few guys that actually went to the discernment house kind of talk about that, because I, I didn't have experience with that, but if y'all want to take over that. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. Um, so this is, I think now, this is, like, the first step for guys who are discerning the priesthood to go through. Um, let's say, like, a guy who's really feeling called to the priesthood. He's saying, oh, I think God wants me to come to seminary, uh, but I don't know what to do. Um, so what I guess the guy would do is go talk to the vocation director, um, come here, have some meetings, uh, just discuss like the process that he's been going through. Um, and I think they will tell him that what you first got to do is you got to join the discernment house uh, as a, like a kind of a preparatory stage to see um, if you're like really getting onto something here right if like if you this is really what you're wanting to do or feeling called to do um what how was that for you uh yeah for me uh i actually went to the first class of the december house uh so when i entered it was the the first ever time that they had ever done it so i was there for the opening uh it was very much a different experience for us i know you had a very much different experience than i did 
Um, but it, it was good for me because it uh, gave me like a halfway point. Um, it was, I had like a step into the regular world, but a step into the seminary as well. Uh, and uh, that was good for me because I was still, I was a business student before I entered the seminary. Uh, so I was still at St. Mary's, um, wasn't taking business classes because I was preparing to enter the seminary. But uh, I was still talking to the friends that I had uh, before. And then I also was uh, starting to build those connections with the seminarians around us. Uh, so uh, I know that's a little bit different uh, for um, for some of the guys, but it, it, it was really helpful for me in order to kind of see like, oh, yes, this is kind of like a new home for me. And it, it was uh, it was a good, um, like I said, a half voice point for me. So that was great. Yeah, it was a really good um, like way to prepare for a seminary, even if the guys who weren't, uh, I guess, who didn't feel called at the end to join seminary. It, for me, it was like really good because you had a really good um, prayer schedule. You were living in community with other guys who were really strong about their faith. Um, and you're also, in my case, we were studying uh, the catechism, studying scripture, just talking about the faith like every day. So it was a really good way to just really deepen the faith and just really get into it um, yeah, in like a single place. Could y'all walk us through kind of what um, the schedule kind of looked like and kind of um, like how the balance is uh, struck between, uh, I know Dalton, you mentioned being still in the real world, but also still uh, kind of halfway into the seminary, this kind of dynamic. Um, either one of you could like kind of walk us through um, kind of what your day today would look like or kind of what that felt like. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, mine was a little bit different than Joseph's was, but um, what I did for the most of the part of my day was uh, we would start with morning prayer uh, or mass, depending on the day. Uh, then after that, we would go to breakfast. I would go to classes. Uh, some of the guys were going to uh, uh, to classes downtown. I was going to classes just down the street because I was uh, busy, uh, studying at St. Mary's. Um, after I finished my, all my classes over there, I would have uh, some time just for homework and study or uh, just leisure, however. Um, but then after that, we would normally have either Lectio Divina or uh, a rosary or something we had, uh, depending on the day. Um, we would usually have something midday, as well as um, our Vespers and Mass. Uh, uh, and then after that point, then we would have our, uh, we would sometimes have our community points, uh, and we would kind of just get, get to know the other aspirants nice. uh, that were in the discernment house, as well as uh, since we were on the campus, every once in a while we would uh, get to see some of the seminarians as well. So that was, uh, it was a little bit of a lax um, from what I hear from the other guys went through, uh, but for me it was extremely helpful because it was a point of, uh, of a basic structure uh, that kind of prepared me for the seminary. Yeah, and y'all were kind of the guinea pig group, so yes, we were. Yeah, so yes. whatever y'all did, it kind of, yeah, they decided, oh, that didn't work or that did work, so yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, this is you know, the sermon houses um, are really kind of a new or, or fairly new. Some diocese have done them for a while, but a lot of diocese are starting them because it's, it's way for guys to get their foot in the door. Because you're not yet a seminarian where right. you're a, where you're called a discerner, right, or an aspirant um, or, or a candidate, right. You're not yet accepted into seminary, but it's great to get your, your feet in the door, and and it really helps with that transition too. Because oh, I know you, you came from work, and yeah. I know for me, I was actually in limbo for about a month, uh, you know, before I entered seminary, and it, and it is kind of a where am I going to stay? I'm, I'm getting out of my apartment. I'm, I'm doing this. And, you know, especially, too, when you're trying this out. You know, it's a good way to get your, your toe in the water. And uh, it also prepares you. Because I know y'all yeah. have entered um, 
and actually kind of had a leg up to an extent against guys like me or Diego. We entered right in. You know, our first day here yeah, was yeah. as a seminarian, yeah. and uh, you know, we were scrambling to figure out how to do prayer <laughs> and and you know what's going on. And yeah. y'all entered in like, I got this. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. That's what I really liked about it because initially I was just wanting to go straight into seminary. Right. Like, I didn't want to do any uh, formation before that. <laughs> uh, but I'm really glad that they made us do that because it, it was a really great way for me to learn, like, the liturgy of the hours, how to pray, uh, morning prayer, evening prayer, all those, um, and just how to really live again in a community because the last time I'd done that was in college dorms, so it had been a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was just a really good, necessary almost transition from this regular life outside of seminary and then gradually going into seminary. And then once I actually started here this this past spring, I was much better prepared. Um, it would, I feel like it would have been a lot more hectic for me if I had just gone straight into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think another great thing, and uh, you mentioned breakfast, and that just made me think like, oh yeah, there's so many great things about the discernment house that it's like, um, I think would be great. Not necessarily selling points, but selling points. Um, on like the how like you mentioned and I, I like going back to it this idea of being kind of in between and the idea of I mean that's what discernment is right like you're kind of trying to make the decision um, trying to decide what is God calling you to do and if you're going to say yes um, and so like there's there's benefits to that like you get to live here on campus at Assumption Seminary uh, and then you also get like meals provided to you you get a place to stay um, you mentioned community you get like brothers to, like hang out with and also to talk about God which like yeah. um also, like, I had a bit of college experience coming in before, and it's a little bit more difficult to find that, uh, especially in a college setting. Like, you might get the other things, like uh, somewhere to stay, food to eat, but you don't get the faith community. So this kind of gives you all of that um, for, for a period of time to where you can actually take time and discern. Um, so, yeah, that's from, from only entering in without the discernment house. That's things that I look at, like, oh, man, that would have been great. Um, not to say that, like, oh, I needed it or I should have done it. But I think um, there would have been a lot of benefits into my own formation in the seminary if I would have done that beforehand, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, so the seminary, you know, the discernment house prepares you to enter seminary. And for our diocese, different dioceses do it differently. But for ours, you know, it's typically about a semester. But, you know, so you're done with the discernment house and now you're in seminary, right? And what does that look like, right? What are the, the processes? So you, you've been accepted. So you got to apply, right? You apply mm -hmm. to seminary. Uh, big old packet, you got psyche vows, yeah. you got counseling, you know, nothing crazy, you yeah. know. I mean, they're trying to make sure you're not crazy, but <laughs> to what degree is the question. Right, right. But, you know, so, so you apply. It's like a normal college application. You work with your vocational director, um, steps you through the process. It takes about a year on average, right, from beginning to end, and, and, and included in that might be you're into the sermon house. Right. Uh, but now you've been accepted. Right, and so what? What uh, the Vatican and what the Church um, lays out for priestly formation is that um, all priests, right, have to have a Master of Divinity, right, or at least here in the United States for the USCCB and most of the Western world. And what a Master of Divinity is, is of course, it's a graduate level degree. Well, to get a graduate level degree, you got to have a bachelor's, right? Yeah. Well, you have to have specific bachelors to study Master of Divinity, and that is basically a bachelor's in what's sometimes called pastoral ministry, sometimes called Catholic philosophy. Or, and there's a few other degrees, but in general, it's one of those first two. And so that's what the seminary provides. So there's two uh, programs when you first enter seminary that uh, one may be a, a part of. And that's either the college formation for those who don't have any kind of bachelor's, right? They just need, they don't have any college, so they entered when they're young, like 18, 19, 20. Uh, they had some college, like Diego and I, 
and they're just going to finish their degree. Oh, and Dalton as well, yes. And uh, Or um, you, you already had a degree. You already had a bachelor's, right? So Joseph, you know, had a degree, a degree in music, right? Yeah. 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 So in that case, you would have entered what's called the pre-theology program. So with the college formation, again, is um, and pre-the, is they both have what's called the same formation program in terms of the actual human formation and spiritual, right? But intellectual is a little different, right? So... Uh, for pre-thieves, y'all only have to get, what is it, um, 40 hours, right? Or it's like it's like two years. Yeah, it's right? two years of philosophy. Two years of philosophy where you take, you know, classes in, um, you know, metaphysics and all these kind of classic, you know, yeah. Catholic philosophy and theology stuff. Logic. And logic. logic. Yeah, I love logic, right? Fascinating, yeah. And uh, the great benefit here for <laughs> for our, uh, our our cameraman Moses is laughing right now. <laughs> uh, um uh, for our seminary here, for San Antonio, is uh, we own our own seminary. We're one of the few dioceses in the United States that still has our own seminary. And, of course, we have other dioceses that come here. But um, so how our intellectual formation works is we have a school called MOC, Mexican-American Catholic College, which is run by the diocese. A priest in the diocese runs it, Father Juan Molina. Yeah. And then we work with the University of the Incarnate Word um, that accredits uh, MOC for our um, intellectual credits. So, yeah. actually, if you enter in for college, you go to UIW but you take classes at mock and philosophy by priests. Right. Priests teach you, right? Yeah. And then uh, then you got mock. So I don't know if y'all. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm in theology now, so yeah. I'll let y'all are okay. more experienced okay. in the you, uh, in left college. Okay. I left you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but why don't y'all talk about what are the, what's the you know how was it you know or how is it taking right. philosophy and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, something that's also important to mention is that it's right across the street from the seminary. That's yeah. oh, that's so great. But then at the same time, you can't go. You can't be late to class, right? Because you can't be like, oh, traffic, because it's like. You walk the street and it's yeah. there. Um, but yeah, so um, I came into the seminary with uh, an associate's degree, but not a bachelor's. So I had some college experience. Um, and I was at uh, the University of Texas at San Antonio uh, studying communications before I came in. And then that's when I kind of just started discerning um, on my own. And then I entered before the discernment house existed. Um, and then so when I came in, um, I kind of didn't know what I was going to study until they showed me the sheet. It was like, okay, yeah, you got to study philosophy first, uh, get your bachelor's in pastoral ministry with a focus in philosophy, I think that's what we call it. Um, and then from there, you would go to uh, study theology. And so for me, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Like, well, why philosophy if we're going to, like, and I, I think just from my preconceived notion, notions, I didn't know why, right? Uh, and I didn't understand the great connection that philosophy has with theology. Um, but then as soon as like we started studying it and we started studying like um, like the ancient philosophers like Plato, Aristotle and how like a lot of their thinking and stuff like that um, helped flesh out so many uh, really just the way the world kind of developed. Um, and so that type of stuff is fascinating to me. And then we also study like sacramental theology, like um, the theology behind the sacraments and how they're efficacious and how they work and stuff like that. Um, and so for me, it was a massive switch from studying communications where it was already something that uh, I was kind of losing interest in when I was at UTSA. I was kind of just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can see myself like um, loving these classes or loving to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and yet here we are shooting a podcast. Um, but <laughs> no, but uh, I think when we started studying philosophy, started studying the church, um, there are things that I grew up with, right? And so I could find out the reasons why. Like, oh, we don't just do this or that in mass just because, right? There's a reason behind it. And so we would learn that. Um, and so for me... Studying that uh, in, in college and then getting the degree in it, um, I think it's it's more than just being like, oh, I have a piece of paper that says I did something, right? It's like, it's part of the formation. It's the intellectual formation to um, not only have 
the faith and belief in what you're doing, but also to know, right, to know in your head um, how certain things work and why certain things work. So to me, um, it's been great so far, um, especially making the switch into something that I really love uh, and can really, like, give myself to. Yeah. yeah. That's just me. Yeah, <laughs> Dalton, what, what, what's your thoughts? How has college been so far for you? How is it, has it been? I mean. For me, it's been good. Uh, I have, like I said, I was uh, previously in uh, college before, so I'm just kind of filling in. I just mainly did basics, so I didn't have to worry about those too much. Um, so that means I went straight into philosophy. Um, so pretty much all of my classes were at Mark, uh, and uh, I still have a few basics to finish up at UAW, but for the most part, my, uh, my classes haven't been at, at UIW, so I have like two classes that were asynchronous, didn't have never stepped onto UIW's campus, but that's where I'm going to get my degree from. So that's a little yeah. odd, but it's uh, it's been really good to, um, it, like like Diego said, it's been uh, nice to just walk across the street uh, and have that uh, idea of um, of philosophy being changed inside of my mind. Because um, when I, I remember at St. Mary's, we had to take a philosophy class, uh, just as one of our core classes, and I was like, w- why are we doing this? Because yeah. I was like, this is these are pagan. <laughs> and, and we're thinking about uh, what their thoughts were. I was like, well, how does this connect? Uh, but then later on, I'm seeing, okay, well, they're still in the human condition. They still have the same thoughts as we do. Um, they might have taken it a different way uh, or uh, made a different conclusion, but they st- that still has a basis from for our thoughts. So uh, just a way, just a uh, way of considering uh, the human mind um, in humanity. It's uh, it was very um, eye opening for me. And the love of wisdom. I mean, that's yes. what philosophy means, yeah. right? And that's Absolutely. like the, for one of the first classes. That's what they told us, and I think that helped me be like, okay, then it's more than just like studying a bunch of old guys <laughs> and like what they thought. <laughs> like, it's more than that. But I think you touched on basics, which I think is um, which I forgot to mention. But yeah, this just this idea that um, like when you're taking your basics in college, for the most part, it's all going to be the same, no matter what you're studying. Um, and then later on, like in the two years like where we study majority philosophy, that's where it gets specialized, um, which I find um, really cool about Mock because then you get to do that at UIW, which is a very prestigious school here in in San Antonio, here in Texas as well. Um, And so you get a great education from a great university um, by being in the seminary. And um, I mean, the the people of God are very generous and they help us like get funds for that and to to go there. So um, just a big shout out to all the people of God. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think um, both both y'all brought up some interesting points. Is um, number one is is the other brings up a good point is that um, for our diocese and how a lot of dioceses work is um, once you've been accepted, we actually get we're put on scholarship. There's not that many seminarians, so it's it's uh, but we are very blessed um, that we're on full ride scholarships uh, on behalf of the Archdiocese of San Antonio, the people of God to study, and uh, it's a lifelong vocation. So you, it's an investment, uh, you know, uh, that will pay dividends. Um, but I think. You know, I want to go back to, to Dalton and talk really about UIW because this is very yeah. unique about this seminary. Most seminaries, um, everything's done in-house, mm-hmm. meaning um, all your formation, all your intellectual is done by the priests or the, or the monks at times in, in certain monasterial seminaries, uh, such as St. Ben's, I believe, yeah. um, in Louisiana. Um, but here, we have the benefit, actually, that um, collegians get to, and preethees to an extent, get to actually still go to school with um, their peers, people who are studying secular degrees. So um, I was in a similar position to both of you. I, I entered in after I went to Texas Tech, 
And I've, I only had to go to UIW for, I think, one class to finish a basic. And so yeah. I hardly ever went to UIW. But, you know, Dalton, you know, of course, we're doing this in a post-COVID world. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to be going back to UIW. But, um, you know, you do get to go on campus. And, and, and how is that? I mean, I know you've been there a few times. You've kind of walked around. You, you've met. You've gone to classes with some UIW students. How is that experience? Yeah, um, like I said, I have not had a class on UIW's campus yet. Uh, but I, uh, I have spoken with a number of them who come to mock. Uh, and I think that it's uh, a really good uh, opportunity for us to uh, find that connect between the intellectual and the other uh, three pillars of formation as well. Because when we're completely cut off from the rest of the world, uh, it's, it's very isolated uh, and uh, it can uh, kind of, uh, it kind of puts the blinders across your uh, mind about how the real world uh, goes. Uh, but this way we have like we said, we still have one foot in the in the real world, and we're able to better connect and see how uh, we can consistently work with the people of God, and uh, understand how we can uh, better prepare ourselves for them. And and you are, um, you know, a cardinal, right? <laughs> because I just, you know, by preparing for God, you you do become a cardinal early because the UIW mascots the cardinals. And, uh, you know, so, but that's cool. I think that's something to, to note on that. Even though you haven't got to experience that, you will this year. You will this upcoming year. Yeah. You know, you are a full, you know, incarnate word, cardinal, flying cardinal. I don't even know what we were, you know, whatever. Uh, a Razorback cardinal, something, you know. But you get to go to the football games. You get access to the gyms. You get access to the library. You get access to all these men. It's a beautiful campus. Um and, uh, you know, I just think that's that's awesome. I, you know, again, I didn't get to experience it that too much. I, I think Diego's in a similar boat. Um, yeah. But uh, go Texas Tech, by the way, you know. <laughs> uh, but I just remember, and that's that's a great part of formation. I think y'all, you really, you both of you really kind of brought some some great aspects of how philosophy really um, builds up the groundwork for studying kind of the meat of seminary formation, which is theology, right? Because if you're in pre you only do it for two years. Or most guys in college, they enter with some, you know, credit now so they really only maybe in college for three two years maybe right. um so once you graduate and you have your bachelor's of philosophy your pastoral ministry then you go on to theology right and you're called a theologian which um sounds really cool but uh doesn't mean you know any theology <laughs> <laughs> so in in theology which is um i'm in theology two now um so i'm starting my second year of theology um what do we do um we study theology I mean, it's a uh, it and it, but a lot of it's built up on the ground of, of the groundwork you did in philosophy. So now we're and just like any other master's or graduate level program, you're really focusing in on things. So like Diego mentioned earlier about we do sacramentals, you study sacramental theology or you study moral theology, right? You take a moral theology class when you're in college formation. Well, now it's, you know, what is the you know, you will have classes on marriage, right? You'll have classes on pastoral ministry itself about how do you. You know, pastoral counseling, right? How do you counsel people? How do you counsel people as a priest? How, and you have classes later on about how to do confession, how to, you know, even say the mass. And you have priest, uh, classes about priestly identity. You have, and you also have um, really in-depth scripture classes. So when I was in, I'm sure you've all taken it with Father Owens, Ed Owens, yeah. the Trinitarian priest, awesome guy at mock, uh, hilarious. Um, he taught us New and Old Testament, which is kind of a, a big overview um, but when you get to theology, you study Torah, and it's all about those five books. Or you study things on the Pentateuch, or you study things on the Synoptic Gospels, or you study, and you really hone in. And then there's also electives that are available. Um, 
So, which is kind of cool. So you actually get to take things that might be more interesting. I love history. So they had classes on the Council of Trent and they got classes on Marian theology. Um, and then, you know, after you do this for two years, you go on what's called a pastoral internship, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of dioceses do, which is basically you live in a parish for an entire year and you're kind of supervised and you get evaluated on how you engage in pastoral situations, right? And uh, that's kind of cool. And we get a little bit of that over the summer, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you do that for a year, and once you come back, you do your last two years of theology, and uh, then you're then you're done. Then you graduate, and then you got one and get ordained. And uh, what's cool about the theology program, though, for our diocese as well is, you know, priest is not just a one track. There's no cookie cutter priest. Right. <laughs> you know, you got priests who do a lot of different roles and responsibilities in the diocese. And you know, Archbishop Gustavo and Bishop Gary in the diocese also really been pushing um, the seminarians, all of us, to do a little more. Right, so we have Oblate, which is the school that where we study our theology through the seminary. Oblate School of Theology offers some extra degrees called, um, which is a Master of Theology, which is more of a secular degree in addition to Master of Divinity, and you can take what's called an STB, which is a pontifical degree. It's a test, yeah. um, which can allow you to eventually study for doctorates, such as you know in canon law or in scripture, which is very cool. And, and you know, we have priests sometimes go for further degrees. But also what's something that's really cool in terms of formation here in the diocese is uh, we have spiritual direction programs, which um, some of our seminarians have done. Um, and all these things build up in theology about how to become more of a priest. But right, I don't know how y'all are. Y'all excited about getting into theology? You're getting close, both of you, right? You're making it sound really cool, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. Uh, and I think something that you're, you're kind of um, getting at is like that there's a lot of work to get done, right? Like there's a lot of things that we need to study. And I... I think um, maybe it should have been mentioned earlier, but I guess we can mention it now, is this idea that uh, formation is going to take a while, right? Mm-hmm. Formation is going to take a while, and it's kind of, uh, it's all, the analogy is always drawn with, like, a, a medical doctor. And this idea that, like, you don't want a surgeon to be coming in um, and operating on you if they only have, like, a year, two years of experience, or two years of training, or formation, you could say. Um, like, that would be really scary in every situation. They yeah. got another stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so it's the same thing like with a priest. You don't want a priest that's like, um, that's trying to be the pastor of a community, that's trying to uh, guide the people of God to um, hear confessions, things like that, uh, do counseling, if they have little to no training on it, right? And it's, it's hard, especially because we have 2,000 years of history, to um, get all of the churches done and all that the church stands for, all the church believes in such a small period of time. Um, and that's why it takes a little bit of time. And even then, we don't learn everything. Um, and that's why um, afterwards, after we get ordained, um, then there's ongoing formation, right? So like the, that's why this is, the, the idea of formation would be to um, form the person. And like you said, like it's not a cookie cutter. So it's, it's not that everybody's gonna be the exact same, but form who you are in the eyes of God. Um, so that when you leave seminary, um, that it continues. That it's not just like, oh, it's it's not the system that's making you do it, but it's it's the formation, right? The idea that you're becoming um, who God wants you to be. And that way, like, when you're in the parish, like, you're still reading books. Like, you're still learning about different things and uh, and also growing in who you are so that later on in life um, that it, it continues, right? It doesn't, it's not stagnant. It doesn't stop um, because it's, it's infinite what we can learn about God and we can learn about ourselves, um, which I think is important for... Uh, our viewers and also for us to remember whenever we're here that it's like uh, I'm not gonna just get the degree and then boom that's it like that's done right um, although that'd be great uh, that's not the case yeah and there's I think you bring up a good point about that there's a lot of faith and trust in formation right. like faith in 
in that where God's leading you and, and trust in your, your superiors, trust them. I mean, there's a lot of, of you know, uh, supervisors and people looking out for us and formators. We have several yeah. priests as part of the seminary. We have a rector, we have a vocation director, director of seminarians. You got your teachers, your professors. and they're, But the nice thing is, is that they all have a vested interest. They all want us right. to succeed. They all want us to be good priests. And so you're getting a lot of input. And so, you know, for, for any of you who are listening, I have multiple experience, you know, you have multiple drill instructors, right? And you, you have multiple, multiple composers in your music, right? But they all have the same goal, the same objective at the end of the day, which is to form good and holy men to be good priests. And, uh, you know, through that, too, one of the big benefits in this diocese, and uh, we'll, you know, spare our last kind of time before we wrap this up, is, uh, you know, what we do over the summers, right? Yeah, so, you know, yeah. we've discussed kind of the basic, give you a one-on-one on, you know, what you do, uh, you know, academically, intellectually, you know, what's the formation like? The seminary supervises us while we're going to studies at Oblate, Mock, or UIW, right? Mm-hmm. What we do in the summers, I mean, I'd love to go surfing and chill, but uh, obviously I don't surf, uh, as you can tell. <laughs> but what do we do over the summers, right? So the diocese steps in, and then on, and, and the Archdiocese of San Antonio says, okay, well, we have a program, and every summer um, it's a little different for depending on what your level is. Um, so like this summer, I'll be going to Mexico to study Spanish with a couple guys. Dalton's going with me Studies as well. Study Spanish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Vacation. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be doing what's called immersion, which is we'll be there for six weeks to really get a good grasp of the language to help some people the diocese. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Diego's going to be in a parish. Yes. Yeah. And uh, before we touch on that really quick, um, uh, Joseph gets to do the funnest thing of all, oh, which yeah. is Archdiocese oh, 101. Do you want right. to give a brief, uh, you know, yeah, that of course. Like? Um, so all the new guys who, like, this is their first summer in seminary, uh, they get to spend their summer right across the lawn over in the chancery, which is the, the offices of the diocese. So they get to go through, I, get, I think, like, week by week, mm-hmm. all the different departments of the archdiocese, like religious education, CTSA. Um, you learn about, yeah, I'll learn about all the other ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as you can see. <laughs> but, yeah, they pretty much just get a really good idea how the diocese works and operates, meeting all the heads of the different departments. Uh, so that gives them a really good, in another way, a good immersion into right. the diocese. Um, so that's what I'll be doing uh, next and, month. And Dalton, you've done that before as well, right? Yes, I did that last summer. How was uh, that? It was a good experience for me because uh, I, I had known of the chancery uh, and I knew how some of the interworkings worked. But um, that gave me the opportunity to, to meet the people, see the faces yeah. of the different people who ran the different offices. So for me, I worked a lot with uh, youth ministry uh, in my own parish. But then I got to meet uh, the person who is the secretariat of the, uh, of the youth ministries uh, around the archdiocese. Mm-hmm. So that was a good thing uh, for me to see. And then as well as I got to meet the vicar of, uh, vicar of clergy, the chancellor, just <clears throat> any uh, position that has the... Um, has a hand in the inner workings of the archdiocese, I got to meet all of them and just see how their jobs uh, interact with parish life for us. So that was really uh, uh, a good thing for me to see. Yeah, it's a big learning experience. Um, and like you said, like you put the face to, to the people because I think um, for myself, I didn't realize how big of an operation it is because we forget that like there's more to um, our faith in the way that the archdiocese run than just like doing the mass and stuff like that. Like somebody's got to oh, pay the yeah. lights. Yeah. Somebody's got to organize things, um, and that's really what the, the the people that work in the chancery do. They help make that a little bit better, um, make it flow. And so, getting to see the departments, getting to see the faces of people, kind of like humanizes it, and it makes it feel like okay, I can't just like 
shake my fist at the chancery if something doesn't go my way. Like, I know those people, and so can I ask them for help, um, which is great because if uh, God willing we get ordained for this archdiocese, we know the connections, and if we truly need something, we can go to them. And if they need something from us, then we can give it to them, right? And so no, knowing them, putting the face to them, I think it would be great. So you'll have a great time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. It should be, it should be a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. And yeah. uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. You get a lot of good experience. Um, um, and, you know, I'd love to discuss it further. And uh, But we're running a little bit out of time. So we're going to have some uh, future episodes where we discuss more about spiritual, pastoral, and intellectual formation. Really uh, getting nailed down. Uh, Diego's going to tell you all about him having fun in the parish. Um, you know, hopefully you get, you're getting assigned somewhere kind of rural, right? No, 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 no. With, with Father Pat O'Brien. Yeah, Father Pat O'Brien. Yeah. I, was, I was there yeah, back in the day. Excited. You'll have yeah. a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully he watches this and uh, he'll text me. And uh, Father Pat. <laughs> so we really want to thank y'all for being here, for tuning in. We hope we answered some of your questions. I uh, gave you kind of a, it's, it's a lot of information in a, in a short period of time we're trying to discuss, but uh, really at the end of the day, it's, it's about faith, it's about trust, and it's, you know, it's backed up by 2,000 years of tradition and right. formation. And so this is how we're formed, this is how we're educated, this is how we're taught, this is how we're trained. And it's a lot of work, but it's, it's a lot of work for the right uh, purpose and for the benefit of the people of God. And so again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching us on YouTube and listening here on this podcast. Uh, we hope to see you soon. And so from all of us here um, from the Archdiocese, we want to wish you a good day. God bless and uh, Reckham Tech. Make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah, that too. And uh, <laughs> go Assumption. Do we have a mascot? Assumption Seminary? Do we have a mascot? We'll make one. We'll make one. Make one. All right. Put in the comments what you want our uh, mascot to be. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you.